So when I was choosing the foods I ordered for today, I just want to let you know you dodged a bullet. Yes. Because I was going to order some sweets because Mm. Diwali is uh, October 24th, which is the Festival of Lights and the eating sweets is a big part of it. But sadly, this place doesn't sell any dessert. Oh, it's my favorite new restaurant. <laughs> they, they get me. They know so, exactly what I want. You want lots of condiments and no, no dessert. dessert. That's perfect. So we're eating coconut chutney for dessert. This is a leading question. <laughs> what if you're like, no, I don't want to eat. It's like, no, right I th- episode over. We're done. Well, that's it. We weren't hungry. Nothing <laughs> to talk about. That's the secret episodes. <laughs> so what what do you see? What have I brought you? Okay. So there's a lot. There is a rice and meat con- concoction. There is what I would describe as uncrustables. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no peanut butter and jelly inside. But it looks like an Uncrustable. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of soup-looking things. We have something that looks like stuffing. We have some, like, looks like hard outside of crepes. And then we have a bunch of different, like, seasonings and sauces and all kinds of things. Yes. Is that... Is that accurate? That's a great description of what you're looking at. Um, yes. Those aren't Uncrustables. Oh, but they... Um, there's no meat in the rice. But otherwise, you're pretty accurate in a general description. Do you know what these are? I... Have you had anything like this before? Is it Turkish food? It is not. Okay. It seems like that's the closest thing reference that I've had uh, to this. What are we? What are we eating? So we've ordered from a takeout spot in the loop called Art of Dosa. Okay. And so this is a kind of disassembled masala dosa. Okay. And then we've also got, so that's the crepe and the potato filling and the chutneys. And then you also can dip it in the soup. Okay. So it's soups. Yeah. It's like a lentil soup. Okay. And then the... um, Rice is biryani, which I think you've had before, but you've probably had a meat version. Yes. And then the Uncrustables are called Idli, and they're a dumpling. So it's actually interesting because they're the same ingredients as the dosa, but just... In dumpling form. Prepared in dumpling form instead of crepe form. Nice. I, uh, I'd i say my guess was, what, we'll give it a 75-80%, right? I, well... (laughs) (laughs) Passing grade? Passing. I mean, you correctly identified most of the foods in in the sense of what they're made of. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, that. I see rice, I see potato, I see sauce in a little cup. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so is that a challenging thing to do? I don't know. Is that accurate? Yes. I I think it's good for my overall, like, I am here and conscious. Yeah, you're... You're aware of what food is. Yes. And that's a good start. (laughs) All right, let's eat and talk about it. Yeah. So, how is your first dosa experience? Well, I gotta say, 
like we cleaned up and my mouth is still has that good burn to it so like <laughs> i was not really expecting the spice yeah like i wasn't expecting like, like the full like afterburn that i'm having there was good heat yeah there's a lot of good heat um i think the most interesting thing to me was they gave us like the spices to put on ourselves, which is a dangerous thing if it's like <laughs> too spicy yeah i i haven't seen that lately or in a while but they did give us um they called it flavorful orange gunpowder spice blend mm. and then we also received a different spice blend so i think we got the orange gunpowder which says on their website explosive spice blend packing a little heat and bursting flavors of red chilies curry leaves dry coconut tamarind g dot 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 garlic and mm -hmm. more no, it was good. Uh, I, I, I think there's more to talk about than the spice, but that was the most, like, unique thing in, in as far as carryout goes that I feel. Yeah, I definitely haven't gotten spice as a carryout, but they have a good section of extra condiments, which is ten different things, eight different things. So, loads of condiments. I did enjoy the choose-your-own-adventure aspect of it. Yeah, it was good because I feel like I tried to do multiple different ways of like adding like the rice and the and the soup and all the different sauces and then it just ended up at the end I just like made the equivalent of like you know when you would were a kid and you would put all the so sodas in one cup yeah I just basically gave my I, I did a suicide of the, <laughs> suicide of dosa condiments, of dosa condiments. but probably better than a suicide of soda right yes I would not do that as an adult but I, I, that was good. I uh, very much, well, so here's the dumb question. Dosa is Indian food. Correct. Okay. Yes. I will, we'll tell, we can talk about the origins Let's of hear. the dosa. So dosa refers actually only to the crepe. Okay. <clears throat> so the crepe that we had, it's made of a batter of ground lentils and rice and that's that in and of itself is a dosa. So if you're saying I had a dosa, it literally just means you had the crepe. But then what I ordered was a dish called masala dosa, which generally when I've had it, it is filled with the potato. Is this the same masala as tiki masala? Chicken tikka masala? Yeah. Um, or is that something different? Well. I think that refers to the spice mix. Oh, okay. So, yes. So the masala refers to the mix of spices. So I think it is referring to the same thing, even though as you've correctly gathered, chicken tikka masala and masala dosa have few of the same core ingredients. Right, but it's so it's so it's another word for like a spice blend. Yeah, it refers to um, cool as blend of spices used in Indian cooking. Cool. So. Masala dosa is filled with, usually it's a curry of potatoes, or potatoes and onions. And then, according to the Google, some various websites that I saw, it's traditionally served with a red chutney, but there's many different ways to fill a dosa. There are many ways to fill a dosa. It's a, it's a more gentle way of saying there's many ways to skin a cat. Yes. The, the vegan version of skinning cat. Yes. There's many ways to fill, fill the dosa. dosa. Um, so 
the actually the place I ordered from is called Art of Dosa, and I'll talk about them a little bit more later. But I got the most traditional thing, masala dosa, because I personally haven't had dosa in a while, and I wanted closer to the traditional. But they have a variety of interesting dosa wraps that are filled with things like ramen noodles. And most of the time, the wraps come... It's not like a choose-your-own-adventure. The wraps come already full. Well, no. So I think if you order a wrap from this takeout place, it's already full. It has ramen noodles or there's a buffalo uh soy protein one because a spoiler alert it's a fully vegan restaurant and i'm gonna say like that you don't really find like beef and buffalo products in most indian uh right yeah so as we spoke about last week with fusion they're actually doing some things that i would consider very far on the side of fusion where they have like i've never had ramen noodles in a traditional indian dish either so I didn't get any of those. We can try those again another time. On, but, the, on the vegan thing, though, I think that this is another tally mark against my old, outdated belief that I used to have that you can't, like, be fully full. It doesn't feel like a full meal if it doesn't have meat in it. Great. Because I think that... That's a good cliffhanger for a topic I want to bring up later. Okay. But, but that, I, yeah. just, I just wanted to say that because I definitely am very full right now. Absolutely, and yeah, it was that was completely vegan. Very filling. Told everything we had was vegan, um, and but so going back to what is a masala dosa? Traditionally, the only difference between what we had and what I've had in the past is that the versions I've had in the past had the potato curry inside the dosa at times, and then. Everything else I feel like I still would put on top. Like, you dip it in the soup, because if you put the soup in it, it would dissolve. And then the chutneys are sort of, you can pick and choose which chutneys you want. Although, for me, it's a 100% of the time I want the coconut chutney, because that's one of my favorite (laughs) foods in the world. And I will say, I'm not a coconut person, but that was, it was not as offensive as (laughs) coconut. Because a lot of of coconut (laughs) things are so overpowering coconut. Right. But I could taste a lot of other things in the coconut chutney. The coconut chutney absolutely has coconut flavor, but it also has a lot of other flavor, like you said, and especially I think it has more heat. Yeah. than you might expect a coconut product to have. Yeah. And I think that really helps it sort of stay balanced. I see coconut generally as banana, whereas, like, the taste of it normally drowns everything else that you have mm-hmm. in it. But this is uh, maybe the exception to the rule because it it still has the sweetness of coconut, but it's not too sweet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the heat really tempers that and yeah. it makes it a more balanced set of flavors where you I still get the coconut. If it didn't taste like coconut, I wouldn't like it as much because I love the flavor of coconut. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, like, no. throw out the coconut, no, but I think there's... I'm saying we should, but... <laughs> You're like, just make like, it without the coconut. Would it be better if it was with, like, a red sauce? Maybe the best coconut chutney is to not have coconut involved. <laughs> I gotta say, though, the red sauce we had, I really loved. Okay, there was something about that that I really liked, but I couldn't put my finger on it because at first I thought it was, like a sweet and sour sauce, like a sweet and sour kind of thing to it. And then I was like, it kind of tastes like a Thai chili paste just without the heat. Yeah, I believe that the condiment that that was was the ginger pickle. Oh. Going back to what do you think a pickle is? This This was a liquid. This was a liquid pickle. (laughs) But it 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 was like a hot and pickly flavor. Yeah. Like there was some sweetness, there was some heat, there was enough heat that I wasn't overwhelmed by the pickle sweetness. There I, don't, was like, I don't think there was much heat at all. And I think that was like 
I got more of a taste of what it tasted like without the heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, so I enjoyed that one very much, yeah. and I put it on top. And I think like the, then the other, then the other, the the kind of like I guess uh, the tzatziki kind of sauce, raita, raita, which is like the yogurt, mm-hmm. and that was like exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Which is fascinating because it's vegan. So is there's that, no, it's made with coconut. It's not um, milk. Yeah. Or, it's, so it's not. There's no dairy in there's it. There's no dairy yogurt. So yeah, the was, the dairy element is from coconut. Yeah, and I didn't even notice it. Yeah, and you ate it up and enjoyed it. it so good. you've learned you've learned a few things about yourself and coconut uh, today. I guess there's some vegan <laughs> foods that are good. I guess we're now a vegan podcast. Yeah, we're vegan only from well, here. Well, we did on a out. full we did a full on pork episode last time. Yeah, so. the well, yeah, we, that one was all pork, and then I was like yeah. a couple times ago we just ate like. A carton of meat for the barbecue up meat. I guess we're getting we're getting we're, we're atoning for our we're sins. Trying to go into different territories, reach different demographics. Yeah, this is the this is the vegan and gluten free demographic. Spoiler alert: This was all gluten free as well. Ugh, I see that just it just keeps getting worse. No, it's, no, <laughs> no it, it is. Great. It's like no, this it is, is this is okay. We're, we'll we'll talk no. about it then. This is like the thing is like. Stuff can be vegan and gluten-free and good. You started this podcast to make points to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm proving it to you. You didn't know. You're you were right. just like, I'm liking this. I think it's filling. Next, like, next thing you're going to tell me is it didn't have like four sticks of butter in it either. Oh, it can't. It's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to say it didn't have any oils. Right. Um, but I will say, I honestly, this, is a, this was a comment I had about it. So biryani I've had... A lot of times, I feel like I always envision biryani. That's the rice dish we had. It typically is made with meat. And it's typically, in my experience, the versions that I've had have been delightfully greasy. Yeah. And so I always think of biryani as like a really like greasy, almost like a hangover rice dish for me. I don't think it was traditionally invented said, for said, a hangover. But... When you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, like when you're drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, but um, biryani is, um, we'll get into the history of these dishes later, but it originated with Muslim communities in India, so I'm not sure if it was technically invented for the purpose of drunk people, but it is usually right. a good drunk food. This version was, like, so, like, delicate and, like, lovely, and, like, you could taste, like, more of the saffron flavors, and, like, there was no grease because it was made with vegetables that's what made me think of turkish food what's the mm-hmm. right because i don't know like what kind of rice it is but like i feel like i've had that not not like the the name of it but like the grain of it like i feel like that is close to like what you would order or what would come with like turkish food maybe and maybe that's just like the region of the world but yeah that's... so let's talk about the history a little bit so um we can Start with biryani, which is the different from the other two things we ate. So biryani is a mixed rice dish. Like I said, it usually includes meat. This was a vegetable version. And it was it originated in Muslim communities in India, but it's traversed that entire region where you can find biryani in South Indian restaurants like this one. You can find it pretty much throughout India. One of the best biryanis I've ever had, I had in Burma. So it's it's in communities. Just sneaking Burma back into the Yeah, podcast. just name dropping. Yeah, I've been to Burma. Um, <laughs> the, so it's it's all... <laughs> I, I will never explain. No, nope. <laughs> it's, um, 
all over that region of the world and there are like mixed rice dishes kind of like hand pies where most cultures have some kind of dish where you put things in rice yes so it's not rice is a world food yeah so it's not like this is the only like rice and stuff dish that exists out there so absolutely um very reasonable to not necessarily pin it to india um now, the dosa, there's some historical disagreement about where the dosa originated. Some people say Chicago. Some people say New York. Yep. I, my, I prefer the deep dish dosa. The deep dish dosa. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's, it's, um, it's definitely from South India originally, but there's two different researchers who disagree on whether it originated in the state of Karnataka or the state of Tamil Nadu, Tamil Nadu um, which are both two different large states in South India. And I guess the earliest written mention of dosa is from a document from Tamil Nadu in the 8th century. And this historian claims they can find references as far back as the 1st century. But in like popular lore... The dish is generally linked to the state of Karnataka because it um, is associated with a city in that state, Udupi, and their restaurants. So it's not none of no, these are all new words to like, you. Like any other great thing, it's people claim it. Everybody thinks it's theirs. I also just want to point out, kind like, of like fried pickles. Being a dosa researcher has got to be like one of the funniest things to tell people that you uh, that you can do for a living. I'm a historian of the dosa. dosa. I mean, it has a long history. Yeah, I it's bet. only two ingredients, basic or a couple ingredients: ground lentils, rice, and then water. So it's like I, I, these kinds of breads are like the oldest foods we. I want to like make. talk. I want to see if we can like. There's got to be a food historian in Chicago. Okay, let's find can, let's find a food historian to just to come over tell us things. Tell us things. We'll have a we'll have a lecture series. Yeah. Um. No more podcasts. We're hosting a lecture series in our apartment with just, food historians. We're not even gonna record it. We're just gonna. We're have just gonna them hear over. it. You have to be here to listen. You're gonna <laughs> learn a lot. Um. No. To so today. Um. Tamil dosas are softer and thicker, and dosas from Karnataka are thinner and crispier. So this is more of like the the second. Version. Yeah. This is the second, which I think is the more popular today so i guess like that's the kind of the drama is it's like we had it first and it's like okay but we made it cool it was like it's like a it was like the chimichanga version versus the enchilada version because like chimichangas are like crispier okay but that, that probably doesn't mean anything but no i think that's a good analogy i was just thinking chimichurri and i was no, like not, a no, sauce chi- like chimichanga <laughs> okay like, yeah <laughs> I was like, am I eating green sauce or am I eating a sloppy burrito? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there could be. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> no. So I. Now I'm thinking of chimichurri and chungas. Chimichurri. Chimichurri. Ch- chimichurri. Chimichanga. Yes. That's a. That could be a two foods you could eat. That could at the be. Same time. That could also be a bare naked ladies song. It could be. Um. I just saw the lead singer of the Bare Naked Ladies in concert, so he's on the mind. Wow, Burma and Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, and you didn't do either of those things. Yeah, wow. Sorry, your life's so boring. Yeah, it is. Speaking of places I've been that you haven't, I did have a dosa when I was in India 
And so, like, they're very popular. You can find dosas in any region of India now, even though it originated in South India. And you know how, like, in Chicago, they have, like, an arms race of, like, what kind of garnish can you put on your Bloody Mary? Yes. And so you're going places, and there will be, like, ribs or an entire slice of pizza. Like, I think there's, like, a... This is my N of one uh, observation, but I feel like... India might have, or at least, like, cities like Delhi, have, like, an arms race of how big you could oh, make good. your dosa. Oh, good. So it's, like, the man versus food of, uh, of, of these dosas. Yeah, like, I will show you a picture. The dosa I got in Delhi, like, the crepe part, yeah. was so long. It was, like, as long as, like, this coffee table. Like, I could not... Zoom out enough to get all of it in a picture, even when I switched my phone to landscape mode. And then if you ate it in under an hour, you got it for free. Yes. No, well, it's not because they also, part of the reason it gets so big is they, like, part of the arms race is making it really, really thin and crispy. Mm. So it's like, it looks enormous, but it's not like that much food in the sense that it's, that's just thin. Okay. So it's like this big cracker. I mean, it was a lot of food. I don't think I finished right. it, but it's not like as absurd as like a deep dish pizza the side of the size of this coffee table yeah. it was yeah so then the last thing that we didn't really talk about are the idlis which were the little uncrustables as you called them yes. which and i was surprised i thought they were gonna have a filling in you them. were expecting peanut butter and jelly I, well i wasn't expecting peanut butter but maybe like a maybe like a potato filling or something like that but i will say it was perfect for trying before eating most of it trying out the individual sauces that bread yeah. soaked it up so much 100% I thought it was interesting because um there it's the same dough it's the same starting point as the dosa mm-hmm. and it's just how it's prepared it turns into a completely it different was texture so light. it's like a dosa is really crispy the idli was really really fluffy they're like steamed that's awesome. yeah it it definitely was it tasted like because what remember when I lived like down the street from the like Vietnamese bakery? Yep. It t- it tasted like something they had there, mm-hmm. but with without the filling. So. Right. Yeah. It does. It seemed like something that could have a filling. Speaking of filling, I will say the one thing. Speaking of filling, I'm stuffed. Ha! <laughs> Speaking of filling, um. Go ahead. Go I didn't have to, the, no. Yeah. I I put some peanut butter and jelly in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I um. Wished I had more of the potato. That's, like, my one critique yes. of everything. Like, I loved all the food, but I, if we had eaten it there, so the, the restaurant is at Revival Food Hall. Um, so, like, if, you, if we were sitting there, I would have 1,000% just gone up and bought more potato. It was, when we were, like, dishing it up, when we were, like, half-seizing it, I definitely was like, this is not enough for both of us. Right, I was. I wanted more of the potato. It was so good, but I just wanted more of it to yeah. like ratio with the amount of dosa we had. And right. I would if I when I when I get this again, I will order a second one of those because yeah. I did order a second chutney. Like there, there were things that I was like, I probably want more of. And now I know that like I should get another one of those. Yeah. But I liked having the biryani. I kind of like mixed them together and like stretched the potatoes a little bit longer by putting some rice in it. Yeah. Um. So I'll tell you a little bit about the restaurant itself. So Art of Dosa, um, it was it started by a man Ravi Nagubadi, who was a software engineer at North. He studied at Northwestern and became a software engineer. So 
Much like me, he became a vegetarian in college. Mm-hmm. Unlike me, he stayed a vegetarian. Well, the nerve of him. So when he was a vegetarian, he couldn't find a lot of options that he really enjoyed. So he worked with his mother to learn how to make doses. And I guess they were improving their concept. And like he was started out just cooking for himself. But at some point, I guess in 2011, they set up a stall at an event called Chicagoland Veggie Fest. And everybody was like, oh, we love this. And so... I think they it, I think they turned first into a food truck and then they got this <coughs> they sorry okay. maybe you can edit out the cough <laughs> and <laughs> and then they did a fast casual concept at Revival Food Hall and so cool. this was I ordered like the most traditional things like I said they also have a ramen one and a buffalo soy one yeah so tons of options um I have a question before we get to vegetarianism generally which is what do you think about the food hall trend it's interesting because i probably have not eaten at as many food halls as you have uh because i've most of them tend to be in parts of town that i don't frequent that often uh i think that conceptually it makes a whole lot of sense uh to have a lot in one and especially a place where people work Uh, I think most of them are generally, like, priced to shit because because they know that they can. Yeah. I think most of them, so I don't think it's the best bang for your buck, and I also think that a lot of the places are offshoot. I I think, I I equivalent it to festival, like, food that you would get at a music festival, where it's like, Hmm. people go in with their stands... Mm-hmm. And they have, and it's probably better to go to the brick and mortar original place versus yeah, the, versus the food hall place. Okay, does well, that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I think there are some strong pros and some strong cons. Mm-hmm. I think pro in the pro column, I disagree a little bit in that I do think there are there are like brick and mortar restaurants who also set up a stall at one of these. Mm-hmm. And have sort of a limited menu. I think there are also some places that maybe kind of phone it in because they're like, somebody will want pizza. Or it's like, I don't want to say like the name of a place, but it's like, oh, this is a very popular, famous, the chef is well known, Chicago restaurant. If we're down here, I'd want to eat this uh, when it's not the same quality as like their restaurant. Or it has like a way limited menu. Exactly. I think that's not my favorite. The thing that I like about food halls is I think they sort of play a role of a food truck where the amount of overhead to start your food business is lower if you're just taking one of these stalls. I agree. Which means something like Art of Dose, they don't have another location. This is that I know of. This is the the one in Chicago at least. And also in Chicago, we don't, because of like local laws or just like it's cold a lot of the year. We don't have a very vibrant food truck scene. Exactly. We don't have a robust food truck scene. There's They really just kind of camp out at a couple of places. Yeah. So it's, at least with this, you kind of know where it's always going to be. And I've been to a couple of other places at food halls in Chicago where somebody's doing something different or new, and it gives them a space to try that out and get it out to the yeah. masses. And I also 
don't think I agree with you on pricing generally for dinner this was not particularly expensive yeah um, that being said, I also agree with you 100% when you said I never go to them because they're not in my neighborhood. They're not around. So many of them are downtown. Downtown in the West Loop. Right. Like, and here's the thing. I don't know if people are going to the office as much as they used to. Well, I know they're not. I think that in other cities that aren't Chicago where I've been to them, um, they are more in like hip neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like when we went to the one in Denver, that seemed right. like it was in That a, was not in an office park. That the, was in a neighborhood. Or the one that I've been to in Oklahoma City is in like a hipper neighborhood that's like on the come up. Yeah. So I think like in a sense it makes sense that this would be a thing that if you... But I think in Chicago it is... It was set up to be like this is a place for you to go at lunch downtown. Yeah, that is definitely Which makes a good sense point. To why it was closed? It closed at seven. It closed at seven, and there were still people there, but not all the stalls were open anymore. And I think it's definitely more. I think the I think the is it timeout market the one timeout market is the one in West Loop. I think the West Loop one is open because we that one was open late because I remember we like we there. were like there and it was just. Hopping late at night. Yeah, that one was more, but that's more, more in more a neighborhood, bar. and that's more in a neighborhood that people go to. Like, this is the thing when I used to work downtown, I worked a few blocks from where Revival is. Yeah. No chance I would have gone there because either I was at work and I have to go somewhere within a five to 10 minute radius. Yeah. Or I'm going home. I'm not going to like walk to a different part of the loop to eat dinner. Now, my story about the Revival Food Hall is I. A former employer that I worked for, uh, we were downtown for like one of our like quarterly training meetings, and they were like, "Okay, everybody, thanks for coming here. We uh, here's twenty five dollar gift cards for you to go buy lunch," and we all went, and everybody went to there, which is like twenty five dollars can get you a lunch, mm-hmm. and so like everybody went and ordered. And then none of the cards that they gave <laughs> us worked. So everybody had to pay out of pocket for their lunch and came back oh, so no. pissed off. Yeah, it is, it is a pricey lunch if you're not an office worker. Right. If you who's were making just, an office worker salary. Right. And this was not, this was a group of people that were not doing that. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, the price point, I don't know why I'm not just sharing this. The price point is like 12 to $14. For the dosa platter or for a wrap, I think. And then some of the um, sides that we had. The biryani was a side, but it was a big portion. Yeah. That was a little bit less. But it's, so that's like what I spent for lunch when I worked downtown. No, for sure, for sure. I, I do want to get back to the vegetarian point, okay, you, which you already made. But I still think this is, this is something that I think is, this is one of my strongest held opinions about food. Yes. Which is... While I do eat meat now, I was a vegetarian. I should share that I was a vegetarian for college because the first day of college, an attractive man told me he was a vegetarian and asked me if I was a vegetarian, and I said yes. That sounds like college for sure. So then I did it for all of college. I, um, I think there's a lot of good reasons to eat less meat because meat is not good for the environment. Yes, but... And, and here's the, the nihilist part of me. Is you not eating meat going to stop the mega meat industry uh, from producing the meat that you would have eaten? 
No. But if everybody did it, it's it's that's yes. a that's a that's a debate that is not this is not for a the food, podcast. This is not a food. This is not a food debate. This is the my... can an individual make a difference? Yes, and that's um, that's a that's a podcast. different podcast. Um, does it matter? I think I like to not eat meat all the time because I like to be mindful about what I'm eating. I don't necessarily. I've heard that your body. I've heard it both ways. I've heard people be like, when I went vegan, uh, I I felt better. I felt healthier. And then I've heard people that have been like, I got super anemic. That was me. And I think that that is... You've heard that from me specifically. I've heard multiple people (laughs) say that, though. Uh, And I just think that, like, that's how we know our bodies are different. Well, it's also the thing is when you choose to be a vegetarian because you want to be interesting to a person who you don't end up having any sort of friendship or relationship with anyway. (laughs) Um... But if you do it impulsively like that and you don't have a plan, you're probably not going to feed yourself properly. Yeah. I was already bad at feeding myself, so I mostly ate, like, cereal and oranges. And, like, I didn't have scurvy, yeah. but yeah. I did have major anemia. And so I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, ditch meat. All I'm saying, this is my only, like, really strongly held belief, is that you can have a very filling and delicious and satisfying meal without animal products. Yes. I don't know that it's necessary to do it all the time. I'm not going to put a stake in the ground one way or the other, but I don't that's, like it when people are like, if you aren't eating meat, it's not a dinner. Like, I disagree I, with that. I, I used to be that way, and I, I've softened on that, but that's why I like the idea of, like, when somebody's like, a meatless Monday mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that makes a whole lot of sense because it's you're being mindful of it, and you're proving that you can go without meat for 24 hours and not really... Uh, not really lose that. Right. I'm all for that. I think eating less meat is something to strive for, even if you don't want to cut it out entirely. And the other thing I think is, like, what I think this meal says to me and reminds me of is I think sometimes Americans, when we say we're eating vegetarian, we're so uncreative about what a vegetarian meal can look like, Uh where we think okay, I'm going to have a, a meat or a salad or we're going to have like, we're going to take like the traditional meat plus three, but we're going to replace the meat with like a brick of tofu that we've done nothing to. Or and now or now a Beyond Burger. A Beyond Burger. And it's just like maybe be a little creative and like realize that there's so many foods around the world that just exist yeah. without meat in them. It's true. When we went to the, when we went to the Indian wedding, I was... There were so many different vegetarian options that I had never seen or heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my bold prediction is we're going to, in a few years, it's going to turn out that, like, not only what is Beyond Meats and Impossible Burgers and stuff like that, not only is it not healthy for you, which we know uh, now, I think it's going to turn out that those are actively harmful to your body mm-hmm. because they, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be the food equivalent of, like, a jewel pod. Where, every, <laughs> where everybody thought it was just, you know what I'm saying? Where everybody yeah, thought that like, it was this, this, is better. this great alternative, and then it turns out that it's worse than cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in those because they are so similar They're to meat, so and it's just like fucking process. If if I wanted meat, I would I eat, eat meat. Like I I I guess like my my hierarchy of vegetarian foods are my on top is just. Things that are meant to be the way they are without meat. Yeah. Like the dosa that we just had or the Ethiopian food we'll talk about in a second. Um, but like 
Then I put like kind of like Chicago diner type things where it's like we're trying to replace a food experience. But a lot of those things do stand alone. But some of them are very much like. There's some real gross. And I'm not saying Chicago diner, but there's some real gross like. We made vegan nachos, and the cheese is bullshit. Yeah, it's just like, why are we trying to make cheese out of not cheese? Why aren't we just enjoying cashews for how good cashews are? Yeah. That's the thing that drives me crazy. Like, I don't need to make cheese out of cashews. Cashews are actually good. We don't need a, we don't need an impossible burger. Just make a black bean burger. I love a black bean burger. a mushroom burger. Exactly. Like, those are things that you can make a patty out of that, like, taste good that are real foods. Yeah. This but is... you, don't need to, you don't need to fake me. You don't need to give me faking. Yeah. Just make me something that tastes good. Yeah, I could rant about this a lot. And sometimes when you're at a diner that's, like, mixed vegan and non-vegan, and I'm like, wait, is it chicken nuggets or chicken nuggets chicken with like nuggets. you know like where they put the apostrophe like, in it i'm like, like what am i nuggets made out of chickpeas right or... but again i would just eat chickpeas yeah. like that's the thing you or can just, just give me hummus <laughs> yeah you could just eat these foods i did i did like um one of my, i went to a vegan diner that had a bunch of comics about veganism on the wall and the one that i really liked was somebody was like Ew, gross, tofu has no flavor. And the person comes with like a sack of flour and is like, Ew, gross, this flour has no flavor. <laughs> it's true. So I think some, it's just like, there are like things that are high in protein and good meat subsidies. You just have to prepare them properly. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other vegetarian meal we had recently, well, pescatarian, because yeah, we did all the shrimps, yeah. um, was we went to. Uh, Demera in Uptown, which is a shining star Ethiopian restaurant. Here is my take on Demera. Demera is one of my favorite places that I don't go regularly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's like, that I love sense. it. I've never not had a great experience. Uh, but because it's such like an event... Mm-hmm. I, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be because we ended up going with one other friend. Yeah. And I always think we should bring a table of eight people and order everything on the menu yeah. and have a big family style thing. But so, we actually like had the right amount of food for so three people. Do you want to describe what Ethiopian food is just in case people don't? Sure. So Ethiopian food actually raises some comparisons to dosa, which I didn't intentionally pair them. But well, they're both like hand... like. You use your hands. Yeah, kind of handheld, and it's like, it's a circular bread. It's kind of an ancient bread. So a lot of people say, like, injera, which is the Ethiopian bread, is in a similar class to dosa because it's a big circle bread. It's kind of, it's kind of pancake-y. pancake yeah. But they're very different, actually, yeah. in, in taste, because injera is not made of lentil and rice. Injera is made of a grain called teff, mm. which is an ancient grain from Ethiopia, and... The injera, when it's it's a teff and water basically, but the flour is um, fermented, and so that's where it gets the it, sour texture. It does have like a real sour the, doughy this, like. Yeah, I don't know why I said texture, it. sour taste. Yeah. Um, and a spongy texture. Yes. Yeah, but so it has like a little bit of like a nice like sour taste when you eat it by itself, and mm. then the way it the way it cooks up in a pan, the bottom is flat, but the top is spongy, which makes it really good as a base for all the stews that are a part of Ethiopian cuisine. So what we had, and this is typically my ordering strategy, especially if I go with people who are vegetarian, is we get the vegetarian masab, which is basically you get at Demera, but a lot of Ethiopian places are set up this way. You get like some number, Demera, it's six different 
vegetarian items. Yeah. And then we also got shrimp tibs. Mm-hmm. Um, so spicy shrimp and a little spicy and sauce. I, and I will say I was happy with, I, I, I was happy with the vegetarian food, food, but we are really missing out not getting goat. And yeah, no, like I would. Their goat is amazing. I 100% do want to go back and get some of the meat entrees because Ethiopian is a food that, I mean, it's like Indian food. It can be made vegetarian and right. vegan, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Like today, like, we had a, a vegan meal, but I just think like the way that they st- they stew everything is mm-hmm. just amazing. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, they the but I I loved. The one thing that I had that I hadn't had before, and I, I know you don't like beets, mm-hmm. but we got beet tibs, and oh. I don't know if I've had that at Tiberi before, and I actually really liked it, but I like beets a lot. Yeah. If you don't like beets, you're not going to like big, it. I've yeah. tried. I've made beets for you that you've liked, yeah. but I'm not a big beets person. I like beets, but if you it's one of those things where if you don't like beets, you're not going to like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big fan of Ethiopian I, yeah, food, I, big fan of Demera in particular. The thing about Demera makes, it's like... Oh, I need to go here more. Yeah, it was one of those restaurants. Yeah, it's in it's in our neighborhood. It's in Uptown. Um, I did a little deep dive on the restaurant itself. It's been yeah. there since two thousand seven, and one of the things that I think is especially notable about Demera, besides the food, which is amazing. Shout out to the yellow split peas. Shout out to the red lentils. Shout out to. Everything we ate. Shout out to Haji B. <laughs> Shout out to Sid the Dude. <laughs> um, the the chef is super active in the Chicago food community. Um, her name is Tigist Rada, and I do try to go to Google pronunciation, but I that's might not good. Have, I I appreciate that. I might not have gotten that right because that's a human name, but um, she's incredible. She's like really active. They've done. I keep seeing these like female chefs in Chicago night and she's always part of them. She started a nonprofit in 2020 to um, raise money for Tigray, which is a region in Ethiopia that's been in a civil war. The first civil war started by a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Oh, Barack Obama? <laughs> yes, Barack Obama is now waging civil wars. Ethiopian civil war. Um but so there, it's it's a really important uh, cause, and so they do events. So if um, get on her mailing list, find oh. out where they're raising money. I think the best thing was like when the pandemic happened, we were like pretty worried that they weren't gonna reopen because it's such like a it's such a communal experience, family style. Like everybody dips their fingers into everything. Yeah, and- you eat it with your you know, you basically the I don't know if we need to explain this to our listeners, but with Ethiopian you plop everything on a big piece of the bread yep. and then you take more of the bread and you pick it up and eat it with your hands. And Everybody's then, eating off the same table. But it was just like, oh yeah, that's obviously going to be one of the first things that, that nobody wants to do. But it was, <laughs> it was, hopping. it was 100% full. There was a line. I was glad I got a reservation. Yeah. The pandemic is over. We are ready to dive into that's, the same food with our hands. No more pandemic. <laughs> but shout you out. You heard it here first. It's great. It's so good. I'm, I'm like, daydream. This is the problem where we eat and I'm full. Yeah. But I'm full and I'm still daydreaming about food now. Right. I want to go get more Ethiopian food if it's still open after yeah. we're done recording. 
Yeah, I think that was that was a big lesson because I think we kept saying like we need to get all of our friends, and I think yeah, nope, we could just we go can the two go of us. like the two of us could go. We could get six things and they eat do, it. They yeah. do allow leftovers to take. Yeah, home. you could take it home. They even have a bar. We could like sit at the bar and eat. <laughs> they do. I and I always get a Ethiopian beer there too, mm-hmm. just because. And I like I like eat. I don't like ordering like a Miller Lite where right. uh, I like being culturally like full and. Yeah. What we're eating. I got the, I like the honey wine. I usually get a honey wine. Yeah. But I did one time I went there when it was very cold and I got the Ethiopian hot toddy. Ooh. Strong recommend. It's tea, whiskey. It's a hot toddy. It's a hot toddy, but yeah. it has Ethiopian flavors too. Nice. So, um, are we ready for what's cooking good, Dylan? Okay, Liz. So it's very serendipitous that we uh, had lentil soup with our meal today because... I love it. I am, uh, I was, we don't, we don't discuss what each one of us are bringing to the table before we uh, do the podcast, and I have had soup on the mind all week because there have been multiple things where soup's been in the news. Must be soup on the brain. It's must be soup on the brain, and I think that... Uh, you you saw the thing about the the climate protesters that threw oh, soup, that's threw soup on the uh, Van Gogh, which like that's a that's a different podcast debating their methods of that. It turned out that they knew that there was a glass thing on it, so it wasn't going to ruin the art. So uh, yay to them. But that is not what we're talking about oh. today. We are talking about it is it is soup. Se- it's officially soup season. I feel because it's cold in Chicago. Art's getting uh, soup thrown at it. It's officially soup season. So I looked up, I googled, what are the top-rated soups in the United States? Ooh. And this is, there's a lot of debate because all, all food things had, people were like, oh, I think it's like a, a lime curry peanut butter, whatever. And it's like, oh, no, that was just one of your recipes that you came up with. <laughs> You're like, my favorite soup is linked to my food blog. Yes, that's exactly what, and it's hard. So, I want to, before you dive into the list, yeah. I want to tell you the last time I was asked this question, possibly by you, yes. I think I named like 10 soups in quick succession <laughs> that were all different. So I have the, this is instantly good recipes. And this is maybe the ones that like, I think are the m- closest to like normal soups. Uh-huh. So I think I want to go through the top twenty-five with you. Twenty-five soups. Okay, and 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 so we won't spend that much time on them. Uh, twenty-five. What input do you want me to give? Whatever you want. Would I eat give, it or no? Give me like a two sentence agree, disagree, thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, yes, rapid no. fire soup opinions. Rapid Here we go. fire soup opinions. Okay, black eyed pea soup. Twenty-five. Never had it. Sounds great. Love peas. Uh, Paula Deen's taco soup. Not a fan of Paula Deen, but I might eat a taco soup. I'd, okay, I'm going to take out some of like the editorializing, so just taco soup. Taco soup, sure. Okay. Black bean soup. Favorite. Love it if it's spicy. Uh, uh, chicken noodle soup. Always a classic. I feel like that's too far down on the list, you know yeah, what I'm chicken saying? No- well, chicken noodle soup is never like thrilling it's always like when you're sad or sick but it is a staple that's it's, yeah but it's like i eat chicken noodle soup if i'm sick if i'm sad or if i'm like recovering from a workout where i need salt mm, that's fair. uh cream of mushroom soup uh you know what 
I, I, I got to pause here for a second. Yes. I, I loved cream of mushroom soup growing up. I'm still in favor of both cream and mushrooms, but I did buy a pallet of cream of mushroom soup from Costco, and I ate one of them. It was like the Campbell's. I ate one, and then I was just like, I can't. I, I grew up cooking with it. And never eating it. I by think itself. it is more of like an ingredient. I definitely yeah. like when the that was like in 2020, and when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, if things go south, I have 25 cans <laughs> of cream of mushroom think, soup. And I, think, I never ate any of them. I think when we moved in together, we dropped them off in a food bank. Yeah, we donated those. Uh, okay, northern bean soup. Northern bean. Don't know what that means. Don't know. But we're moving on. Pump, uh, creamy pumpkin soup. Into it. Uh, Wendy's chili. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. They counted it on the that's, soup. That's, I mean, chili, yeah, chili. but we're really calling <laughs> it Wendy's chili specifically. The in- okay. Wendy's, the inventor of chili. I hope there's more chilies later on in this Secret. list. Okay. Uh, Brunswick stew with pork and chicken. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Lobster bisque. Yum. Kansas City steak soup. Can we just... Enjoy that lobster bisque is only two places higher than Wendy's, Wendy's chili. Wendy's chili. There's so many more ahead of it, too. Uh, okay. Broccoli cheddar soup. I love broccoli cheddar. We're going to get into some heavy hitters now. Okay. I think broccoli cheddar is up there. Yeah. Um, tomato soup. Sure. Which is the... I, I think that's one, that's one of the most popular ones. Tomato's an extremely classic and popular soup, but I just, like... For me, I need something else with it, like a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. New England clam chowder. Hell yeah. Um, Hawaiian noodle soup, which I did look this one up, and it's basically a form of, like, ramen, which I feel is, like, okay. getting, like, the ramen, I'm counting this in the ramen category of, like, those kind of noodle soups. Sounds good. Um, corn chowder. I like it, but it's not my favorite because I this is a very weird personal opinion. I don't like the texture of corn by itself. That's fair. But if it was like if it was like it a was blended, a fully puree, yeah. love it. Uh, beef stew. Okay. <laughs> uh, tortilla soup. I like tortilla soup. Oh, uh, okay. And the top two. Wait, I thought. Wait, you? I thought that was like number eight. Nope. We're now on the top. So the top. I thought five, you said broccoli cheddar was. It's, we're getting up there. Was it 25 or 20? Maybe it's 20. Okay, I was yeah. counting from 25. Okay. Okay. Then, then count from 20, then. Okay, this, that makes more this sense. Is, I was like, there should be, like, look, seven left. Look, okay. when it comes to what's cooking good, Dylan, it's not the it's most... Not it's not a math conversation. Math thing. Yes. I get it. Okay. Uh, okay, so the top two. Uh, New Orleans gumbo. Controversial. Great. Great In pick. the sense that, is it a soup? Or is it its own thing? I mean... But it is good. It has soup vibes. That's it has for soup sure. vibes, yeah. But also chili has soup vibes. Chili has soup argued. vibes, but chili's not necessarily a soup. Right. And number one, 15 bean soup. That's so many beans. It is. And I feel like you vibe with the 15 bean soup. I've never met a bean where I didn't say, let's put another bean in this. Yeah. So do you, what do you think of that? Want to know the identities of the 15 beans. Are there any soups that you think deserve to be on that list that weren't on that? Oh, sure. Lentil. Well, but that lentils are in the beans. I don't mean lentil plus 14 other beans. I mean lentil. Oh, you mean lentil by themselves. Lentil by itself. Good soup. Favorite soup. Um, I also like... I know we said pumpkin. I prefer a squash. A squash. You like... 
ginger carrot soup too. I do, but I you don't yes. like carrot or ginger. Yeah, but I like it as a soup. Yeah. Um, I like orange soups. Split pea was missing for me. I think I think any kind of cold soup was missing from that. Yeah, there gazpacho, needs to be a gazpacho. Gazpacho was missing. I did feel that split pea was missing, which is another favorite of mine. Um, the cucumber gazpacho you make was not on the list. I think you should make your own list and put that on the top. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe we should. Maybe we should make our top list of soups and compare them with each other. Okay, that's a homework assignment because we'll that we'll takes a lot of things. That might be a, that might be a bonus episode. Bonus but, episode. We each share our favorites. I am happy that we are getting it, it. It sucks that it is getting colder, but it is celebratory that we are getting into soup season. Soup is literally one of the only like good things about winter. Yeah, soup soup time, and also I just like making soups, and we have very different soup tastes, and I like making two different soups at one time that's very <laughs> it's, fun for me it's just you make something that you want you make me lentil because that's yep. what i always want i make you more than lentil i dress it up and i hide things in that you don't like and that you don't know because <laughs> i'm a baby yeah i make you i make you eat your, eat your my ce- celery i make you eat your celery that you don't know is in it and my corn and your um, carrots <laughs> i like carrots in a soup these are all like baby foods too. yeah no i like I like a lot of different soups. Yes, you're I, a great you're a great soup eater. I'm a good. I eat my soup. I eat it all up. Yep. Um, everybody, I want listening. I want you to eat up your soup. Eat up your until soup. Until we speak again next week. Eat up your soup and come back next week for more food for pod. Woo. Hey friends, if you want to try um your own art of dosa. You can find them at Revival Food Hall, which is located at 125 South Clark Street in Chicago, in the Loop. If you want to try Demera, strong recommend. Both are strong recommends. Demera is in at 4801 North Broadway in Chicago, and definitely check out their website because they do a bunch of special events and fundraising in addition to just eating their wonderful food at their wonderful restaurant. If you want to go, we'll go with you. Yeah, we we need, we will always join a group eating Ethiopian food. Shout out 